I'm Leanne Lord, and this is Human Story. In October of 2005, comedian Nathan Timmel was in Kandahar, Afghanistan to perform for American forces stationed far from home. While there, he was invited to attend a ramp ceremony to witness the loading of a fallen soldier onto a plane to return home for burial. Two days later, he had to perform for that soldier's friends. My name is Nathan Timmel, and I'm a stand-up comedian. In my time as a professional joke slinger, I've been lucky enough to provide laughter to American soldiers stationed far from home. You've probably heard of the ever-popular USO tour, but they're generally interested in celebrities. I flew under the banner of MWR, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation. I didn't perform at big Bob Hope-type shows. These were smaller, more intimate gatherings. My first few tours were in countries at peace. South Korea and Japan were lovely to visit, but the shows were... Well, let's put it this way. In a place like Japan, soldiers can leave the base at night. They're in a safe country, so they can go into town, hit the bars, see the sights. Many of the shows were sparsely attended. I appreciated the hell out of the people who did show up to laugh, but... Ten soldiers in a 75-person room doesn't really create a whole lot of energy. Then, in 2004, I got to visit Iraq. The difference in audience size was immediate. In Iraq... When off-duty, soldiers were stuck kicking the very rocks they had just been guarding. They could go to the base gym, the mess hall, or their barracks, but they were stuck doing the same few things repeatedly. The world outside their blast walls wasn't safe, so they couldn't go anywhere to blow off steam. When a comedian showed up, it was a big event. The audiences were pumped for something different. The fact I wasn't famous didn't matter. All they wanted was a distraction. Something to help them escape the day-to-day groundhog day they existed inside. And I? I gave that to them. I toured bases large and small, from the biggest of the big in the green zone to forward operating bases in the middle of the desert, which is basically the middle of nowhere. This brings us to 2005. In October of 2005, I traveled to Afghanistan. According to the politicians, it was mission accomplished in Iraq. But in Afghanistan, things were far from over. My landing point was Kandahar. What was once an international airport was now an enormous military base. I was supposed to start performing around the country immediately, but transportation was scarce due to the Kashmir earthquake in Pakistan. Every available helicopter was put to use for humanitarian missions, and carting a comedian around was rightfully deemed non-essential. Yeah, you heard that right. Comedians were carted around the country 
on helicopters. I got to fly in Chinooks and Blackhawks. It's pretty amazing. With convoys being targeted left and right, the optics of a civilian being injured, or worse, while trying to raise morale, would be awful. So, entertainers were treated like endangered pandas. We had our handlers, and they watched out for us, so that we didn't make the news in the worst of ways. Anyway, during my downtime at Kandahar, I had the unfortunate opportunity to attend a ramp ceremony. American soldier lost his life in an ambush in the Afghani hills. I was allowed to witness the loading of his flag-draped casket aboard the plane home. The military base at Kandahar, in 2005 at least, was international in nature. I couldn't tell you exactly how many countries were represented within its walls, but I visited with soldiers from England, France, and Romania, to name just a few. Now, I mention this because even though the ramp ceremony was honoring an American soldier, men and women from every nation appeared. Which specific flag they saluted didn't matter. Everyone respected the dead, borders be damned. In a war zone, the uniform creates a brotherhood that surpasses differences between governments. While politicians argue, soldiers unite. And here's the kicker. The fallen soldier wasn't even stationed at Kandahar. He was from a base out in the field. This means there is an overwhelming probability that those paying tribute, foreign or even American, had never even met the man. Such things didn't matter to them. They were there to honor the fallen because they knew all too well the meaning of the phrase, there but for the grace of God go I. Living in a war zone meant they knew that it was nothing but happen chance that had them standing on the tarmac and not laying in the casket. They knew that somewhere, parents were tearfully awaiting their child's arrival, and that a friend of the fallen, a fellow soldier, would accompany the body all the way to its destination. Once there, that person would look a mother, father, or wife in the eye and hand over the flag currently draped across the coffin that soldier might have the awful reality of coming face to face with heartbroken children, sons and daughters of the deceased. Such a moment could crack a heart of stone. I don't know how often civilians are present at a ramp ceremony, but the experience left me emotionally confused. I felt humbled and embarrassed 
like I was a tourist attending an event I had no fucking business being at. Afterward, when I shared those thoughts with Major Robert Makareg, the man who had invited me to attend, he said he wished more non-combatants could witness such events. The more you are aware of the cost of war, the less you support the idea of war. Well, added to those conflicting emotions, most of all, I felt sorrow due to the loss of life. That experience is a moment that bubbles up from the recesses of my mind on random occasion and gives me pause. It is a moment that reminds me, life is precious. Several days after the ceremony, logistics allowed a spare helicopter to fly me to perform for soldiers at another base. I didn't realize until landing that it was the outpost of the soldier whose coffin I had viewed through conflicted eyes. The show was scheduled for 10 a.m. Because the military doesn't run like a comedy club, you don't perform in theaters at night, on a stage, under lights, and with a microphone. No. Military shows are catch-as-catch-can. Wherever and whenever time allows, you do your best to make soldiers giggle. It might be between breakfast and lunch in a mess hall, in the afternoon in a courtyard, or at night on a makeshift stage without the benefit of a PA system. At this particular location, the show was going to take place in what would be considered a living room in a small hut. Given the loss of a soldier at that base, tensions were justifiably high. I was told the men and women I was about to entertain had just returned from an overnight patrol. They had been searching for the insurgents who killed their friend. Given how many hours they had been awake, they were looking for food, a shower, and sleep. It is doubtful anyone was in the mood for comedy. As I was having that very thought, the commanding officer informed me he was going to issue an order of attendance. They had to be there. This news made me... uneasy, as not only was the current situation already not ideal, but mandatory turnout brings in a reluctant audience. These would not be the soldiers I was used to, people chomping at the bit for a distraction. These soldiers would be a mix of exhausted angry, and sad. A few minutes before go time, I got into position, and soon seventeen tired soldiers with sleep-deprived eyes slowly made their way in to sit wherever they could. They sat on couches, chairs, even the floor. Some of the faces seemed so very, very young to me. Being 18 might make you an adult by default, but when I think about what I was dealing with at that age, compared to the enormous stress and pressure those in front of me were living with daily, there is absolutely no parallel. Well, I didn't want to go through with things, but I had a job to do, so I started telling my jokes. Over the course of 20 minutes, I watched as they smiled, then laughed, 
then eventually applauded as their body posture went from rigid to relaxed. Though exhausted and forced to be there, those soldiers made a damn fine audience. One of the best I've ever had. When I waved goodbye and exited the room to the sound of their applause, the commanding officer grabbed me and pulled me aside. Good job, he said. Those kids in there, they're tired, they're angry, they're depressed. They just lost their friend. They needed to know they still had laughter somewhere inside them, and you gave that to them. Good job. Their commander was a veteran, and he knew that sometimes youth has to be told how to deal with stress. He knew that laughter is healing. It's not the answer, it's not the cure, but laughter can act as a stopgap, a speed bump between depression and despair, a reset button that allows you to forget your stresses if just for a moment that helps you get through the day. Laughter is pure. It is escapism. It is a cleansing of the system that lets you know you're alive and that there is hope for a better tomorrow. The best compliment I've ever received was from a soldier. We're going back to 2004 in Iraq, Camp Anaconda to be specific. I was performing in one of Saddam Hussein's old movie theaters, which was an insane luxury considering the tents and courtyards I'd been in up to that point. After the show, this woman approached me, a warm smile upon her face. She took my right hand in both of hers and held it tight as she said, Thank you. While you were on stage, I was laughing so hard, I forgot where I was. I was laughing, doubled over, my eyes closed. And when I opened them, I saw my legs and thought, why am I wearing my uniform? Then I looked around, saw everyone in camouflage, and realized, oh, right. I'm not at a comedy club. I'm in Iraq, far from my family. But for a moment, I forgot. Words like that, they stick with you. Regarding the 17 soldiers in Afghanistan, even though they had lost a brother in arms, someone most likely a close friend, they were still alive. Even if comedy seemed like the most inappropriate thing in the world, they needed to understand they still had laughter inside them. While initially I was weary of performing that morning, that show, for those soldiers, will remain the pinnacle of my career. Of all the hours I've spent cajoling strangers into smiling, that one held more meaning than any other. I have a picture of that day taken after the show. I'm sitting on the floor in the center of everyone, and my eyes are wide as if I was just surprised by the flash of the camera and 
thought I had several more seconds to ready my face. Those surrounding me are a mix of smiles and contemplation. They've enjoyed the show, but laughter in such a place is fleeting. Tomorrow I will be gone, and they will remain. Violence will surround them, and the brutal weight of war will be back upon their shoulders. I made no real difference in their lives, but for 20 minutes, I helped, even if only marginally. Nathan Timmel is a stand-up comedy veteran, masterful storyteller, and headliner with years of experience behind the mic. He is also the author of the vigilante justice thriller, We Are 100. He lives in Iowa. That was episode 12 of Human Story, a podcast exploring the human experience from a secular point of view, one story at a time. Each episode, I'll bring you a different storyteller, one secular person sharing what it's like to be one of 7 billion living, feeling, thinking human creatures temporarily awake on a minor planet. So what's your story? If you have a secular perspective, a good story, and a gift for telling it, go to onlysky.media slash submissions to submit an idea for an episode of your own. We're especially interested in post-religious stories, Stories about life after you're done grappling with religion. Give us a glimpse of what it's like to live in your head and see the world through your eyes. That's onlysky.media slash submissions. Human Story is a production of Only Sky Media, a home for journalism, storytelling, and opinion, serving the growing community of the religiously unaffiliated. Our show is produced by Dale McGowan with music by Blue Dot Sessions. Visit us online and add your voice to the conversation at onlysky.media and subscribe to the Human Story Podcast on the service of your choice. Thanks for listening. I'm Leanne Lord. See you next time for Human Story.